Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Friday summer morning. Eagles fans, appreciate you streaming here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, John McMone, Jody McDonald. Glad to be back after missing out on yesterday. I miss Johnny Mac when I don't get to shoot the Birds breeze. But I don't believe morning. that, Jody. Come on. You can't <laughs> you can't lie this early in the morning. Yeah, I can. <laughs> and and here's the one thing I can definitively say. I like sleeping in to 625 better than uh, getting up yeah, at 4, well, 4 a.m to, to be on the air by six o'clock yeah i like sleeping in now that i believe yeah that after uh, the phillies four, got a 3-1 win last night wake up yeah and yes we're going to talk about the birds even though it's a busy sports day in philly with the phillies being hot and james harden opting back into his contract i'm not sure quite how i figured that one out and understand it but we'll see how it plays itself out here's what we're doing on birds 365 we're counting up and we're counting down counting up is today's show number 560 episode 560, 560. of birds 365 and counting down to just 25 days until camp opens up yeah it's actually getting into numbers that we can handle can understand Three weeks and change until the camp actually gets underway. We can start talking about what's happening on the field for the 2023 season. For right now, we have to settle with what's happening off the field. And this is the summer downtime. So, yes, lists are plenty. And John and I have been reviewing the one that he and Ed Kratz put together for Sports Illustrated. Top uh, 25 Eagle players coming into the season. And yesterday was supposed to be a special day. On the yeah, day that worked ranked out. player on the Eagles was supposed to appear on Birds 365. You scared him off, Johnny Mac. What'd you do? Uh worked out I, I don't know, man. You know, worked out perfectly. 
uh, Milton Williams uh, in town having a, a, a big, uh, I should mention that right off the top, seven-on-seven seven football tournament with his teammate, Zach McPherson. It's tomorrow, 11 a.m., uh, Eastern Junior Vikings Field in Voorhees Township. So for local people in the Delaware Valley, if you want to stop by, certainly do that with Zach McPherson. Only about, what, five, uh, four miles from my house? Yeah, exactly. Is. Jody, well, you I, should I be there. I might have to get over there tomorrow. You, yeah, you should be there. Uh, I'll stop by at some point. Uh, so seven-on-seven seven tournament, Zach and Milton are both doing it. Uh, hopefully, Zach's going to be on the show today. We'll see how that works out. You know, it's one of those things, new world streaming. If it's a phone call, it's not that big of a deal, but you know, streaming's a little bit more of a hurdle. Guys are moving around. Milton's workout schedule got changed yesterday, so I wasn't able to make it. And it's a shame because it, it he was number 16 on our list, and it just happened. It wasn't planned. It just happened to work out that day. Um, but it all went awry, Jody. But and, he's still number 16. Right, and he'll still be over at Voorhees today. So uh, good on Milton tomorrow, Williams for that. Tomorrow morning. Uh, tomorrow, excuse me. Thank you for the correction. Uh, so you had Milt Williams at 16. After John and Ed put their list together, I figured if we're going to review it here on the show, I should come up with my own list. And I had Milton Williams on my list a little further down at number 21, and you had, you would add Adam at 16, which brings us to number 15 on your list, and you're staying on the defensive line? Yeah, staying on the defensive line, staying at defensive tackle, just going the veteran routes. And, uh, you know, Fletcher Cox is is number 15 on our list. You know, for many years, Fletcher Cox would have been number one on this list, would have been the best pure football player in Philadelphia. Obviously, isn't at that level as he goes into what is his year 33. He'll turn 33 in December, so. Uh, obviously he's not the player he once was when he was in the conversation for being the best under tackle in the world, not named Aaron Donald. Uh, so it's always, you always start at number two, but um, he was a tremendous player. And I think because he was so good for so many years and he was the number one player on this defense for so many years, I think people, uh, not everyone, but I think a lot of people, fail to realize he's still a pretty effective player, uh, still a good player. Um, and he lands at number 15 on the list. And um, I'm with you. I've got Fletcher just slightly higher than you guys do. Uh, as I said, I've... <clears throat> damn, I'll... I'm all choked up about being back on the show. Um, <laughs> I have uh, Fletcher slightly higher. Get them in a day or two. Um, my 16 and 15 are Nicobe Dean, who I had higher on my list than you and Ed had. No great surprise. You know, I've been on the Nicobe Dean top of the fan club bandwagon forever. So I had him at number 16. And I had Avante Maddox at number 15, which I see by your list. You haven't gotten to Avante Maddox yet. So I got Fletcher no. higher. You got Avante Maddox a little bit higher than I do. Uh, so we'll continue to reveal on Monday. We'll have. Uh, Three new guys, because over the weekend, SI and John and Ed come out with uh, a guy a day. Uh, so we'll have three new ones on Monday. But you went back. Well, to we're not going to be here Monday. We're going to have a bunch to go over. Because uh, July 4th, I guess, is uh, uh, Tuesday. 
So correct me if I'm wrong, Xander. We're not doing shows Monday or Tuesday. And then we'll be back Wednesday, I believe. Monday, Tuesday off, yes. Oh, so. we got both Monday and Tuesday <clears throat> off. Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll have, shoot, we'll almost be in the single digits by the yeah. time we get back on Wednesday. Um, I right, so we'll have plenty to do. Uh, you went back You went back to back DTs, Milt Williams and, and Fletcher Cox. Here's the question I uh, did a show yesterday on, on WIP. We had Brian Balding on talk about offensive and defensive lines as a guest and, and the roster construction here. I know you have the chore of coming up with the Eagles final roster and you must submit it for the contest you're in with all your other cohort Eagle beat guys. And uh, you won, you won it a couple of times. You were runner up a couple of times. You'll uh, get in the competition again this year. So I'm going to ask you to tip your hand a little bit here. We've got months to go before you got to turn in. So a lot of things can happen. A lot of things can change. I'm not asking you to speak out of school here. But here's my general question for you. If we consider Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith defensive linemen, which I know you have no problem doing because <laughs> you get annoyed when anybody references them as linebackers because they're not. They're defensive ends. They're edge players. In your mind, my mind, and the Eagles' mind, and most of the National Football League, they're considered edge players. If Smith and Reddick are edge rushers, considered defensive linemen, how many defensive linemen are the Philadelphia Eagles going to keep on their 53-man roster? Um, ten, I would say. I would ten bet on defensive I would, linemen. Yeah, I would bet on ten, potentially, wow. because they have so much depth. They might even keep 11 and go light. Who the hell's going to play special teams? Um, you know, when, when sometimes they do it on the offensive line as well. Sometimes they go deep. They probably won't this year because they're not quite as deep as they have been uh, in the past. But, uh, you know, they believe in the offensive-defensive line. And if they have a guy that they're concerned about losing through waivers, um, Moro Ajomo would be that guy probably this year. Um, if they think they can get him through to the practice squad, uh, a lot of that will depend on what he does during the summer. If he plays well in the preseason games, it's almost a negative because you don't want people to notice him. Um, he's just an example of it. If they feel they need to keep him, Jordan Mylotta is probably the best example. I mean, the guy didn't play for two, two and a half years, but they were concerned about getting him through waivers. So they kept him on the back end of the roster. How, how right were they about that? Yeah. They do it all the time. If they're concerned and they don't want to lose a guy, and they it's worked both ways. They lost Brett Toth, who's not the same level of player, but they didn't want to lose him, but they lost him because they risked it. Um, and so it, it, it can work both ways. But they're incredibly deep. I, I mentioned that. I was you know texting a, a, a personnel guy outside Philadelphia, and he said they have 16 or 17 NFL players uh, up, up front edge rushers, defensive tackles, um, can't keep them all. And, and there's lots of, we're talking the range of Hassan Reddick, defensive player of the year candidate down to Contavia street. Who's a legitimate NFL player that should be on a 53 man roster and probably will be, I don't know if it's going to be here, but he's going to be on a 53 man roster. So that's kind of what he's talking about, but that's a lot of, 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 of front players 
uh, edge rushers, defensive tackles. Um, they're tremendously deep on the defensive line, and that's why Bucky Brooks was the one who said, hey, this is not only the best defensive line in football, the best defensive front in football. It is the best overall position group in the entire NFL. And when you add depth into the equation, you can talk. There's certain teams that you can say, all right, they can match or at least battle the Eagles starters. And the Eagles starters are at worst top three. But there are teams that can say, we, we, can, we, we got some really good players. But they don't have that depth that the Eagles have. The Eagles just, man, it's just everywhere you look, it's an NFL player uh, they, up front. They surely do, but here is my concern. And I thought you were going to say nine. I was surprised you said ten, uh, but you you could very well be right. Um, did they carry nine or ten all last year, or is this because they've done such a good job at adding the two uh, Georgia studs that they took in the first round? Of course, they lost Javon Hargrave, uh, but they added two, subtract the one. That's still one more depth guy. And as of right now, they don't have uh, the chasing the ring veteran defensive tackle, two of which they brought in last year. So I'm comping this year to last year. Did they carry 10 during the year last year? Is, is, is uh, that they, were, they were, they were, they were, they were in that. I, I'd have to look back at the initial 53, but right off the bat, remember Derek Barnett was on the team. Uh, Patrick Johnson, Kyron Johnson was an edge rusher last year. So they had five on the edge. I'm trying to think where they were at defensive tackle, but eventually when they bring in Linval Joseph and, and Indomitian Sue, that tells you now they had an injury to Marlin, uh, but they had all these defensive that. So they were at 10 at points. I forget the initial 53. I'd have to look back. Um, but yeah, man, they just value the position. Um, and when I was talking about Conrad Johnson's a perfect example. They moved Kyron Johnson off ball linebacker because he's got no shot on, on the edge on this team um, any longer. So you throw him out there and say, he's an athlete. Let's see what he can do. Um, and, and his sort of path would be through special teams if he does make, make the football team. But, yeah, they have no problem keeping 10 players on the defensive line. And Zero problem. As you mentioned, either Jackson or Johnson, if they make it, they're going to have to be key special teams contributors. Does a guy like Nolan Smith play specials? Oh, yeah. He'll play special teams. Yeah, he, he likes it, too. He, he, he's, he's already embraced that idea. I mean, when you're down to – 46 players on game day. I mean, and you're a backup and you're athletic. You got to play special teams. And well, no, Nolan Smith. Uh, I, I know I'm parsing words here. I'm sure you don't. He doesn't. Nobody gets him a backup. He's a rotational player. There's for me, a difference between being a backup and a rotational player. Do you look at them as the same? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's backups. I mean, the Eagles play into that and Fletcher, you know, who's our number 15 today says it all the time. We don't, he, he says that we don't consider them starters and backups. Well, the playing time considers them starters and backups, you know, Fletcher and Javon still played more than the other defensive tackles. 
uh, Josh Wett and Hassan Reddick still play of a heck of a lot more. So, yeah, I mean, you're talking 20, maybe 25% of the snaps. If, if everybody's healthy, yeah, he's a backup. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. But they, they like that. It's a rotational position. But Hassan Reddick is going to play significantly more than than Nolan Smith as a as a rookie. Josh Sweat's going to play significantly more than Nolan Smith as a rookie if they're healthy. That's just that's just the way it is. Understood. So I get your definition, and everybody else gets your definition as well. Might not be backups, but they're in the rotation. Some play significantly heavier. Some play less. If you look at the less as backups, all right, then I understand. Right, here's a key guy I want to ask you about as far, and I know I'm getting all caught up in special teams, but when you're talking about roster, you know this, Johnny Mac, you get in a contest every week, you, every year, you got to oh, figure yeah. it out. That's where you beat people. Exactly. That's where, that's where you special beat people. Special teams. Yeah, because a lot of people are like, oh, I'll take the fifth best wide receiver. Well, if the fifth best wide receiver can't play special teams, He's he ain't making, making the, the team. 53. Exactly yeah. right. Uh, so here's uh, the guy who uh, no one would in any way, shape, or form, rotational, backup, whatever else, think of him anything less than an every-down guy. N'Kobe Dean did all his playing, almost all of his playing last year on special teams. He only got 32 snaps from center all year long, which I bemoan and people question uh, me at the top of the list. He is slated right now to be there every down back. He's going to get the dot on his helmet. He's going to call the plays. Um, I mentioned that uh, Brian Baldinger joined us yesterday on WIP. I asked Baldy the question. I've asked several of our guests, and I'll ask uh, Andrew DiCecco who's going to join us in hour number two from Inside the Birds. When the Eagles open up in New England, if they win the coin toss, which they did more than often, more often than not last year, and chose to defer, which they did every time last year. That means Jake Elliott gets a kick out of the back of the end zone in Foxborough, and the Patriots start first and 10 from the 25. Who will be the two linebackers on the field for the Eagles? First and 25, start of the game. That If there isn't a down where you're going to want two linebackers on the field, more so than that, I don't know when it's going to be. And Baldy said, I would not be surprised if they have an extra defensive back on the field. First and 10, first play of the this season from scrimmage. He's already got the Eagles down to one linebacker. We know that linebacker, or we believe that linebacker, is most likely going to be N'Kobe Dean. They going to ask him to play specials this year? No, 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 um, no. Because he's going to play um... – He's going to play a TJ Edwards level of, of, of snaps. Now you never know with injuries and there are certain guys and uh, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod exemplify this. I mean, Malcolm played every play and he would go play special teams. Rodney, it takes a special person um, and a veteran player who sort of says, all right, I'm going to do it, <laughs> put their foot down and, you know, Nicobe as a young player, they don't, they don't want to put too much on his plate. He's already getting, um, such a, a, a bigger workload. I think they want him to concentrate on, on, on linebacker. So again, you never know if injuries crop up and things like that, he might volunteer, but no, I would say that's not the plan. 
Um, another guy I want to ask about special teams, and we're hoping to have uh, Zach McPherson join us here on Birds 365 in town doing some stuff. Said he would try and uh, jump on board. We'll see if we do get uh, Zach up here in a couple of minutes. Um, Terrell Edmonds, offseason signee, looks like he's going to be – no, he's going to be in the safety mix. Is it going to be as a starter? Is it going to be as a situational substitution guy? Uh, we were just talking about who plays the most snaps or the starters and the others are the backup, even if it's a rotational type thing. Um, I didn't check. I, I checked Edmonds' amount of snaps from the line of scrimmage. He played basically every down for the Steelers uh, last year, the last couple of years after being a high first, uh, high draft pick as a first rounder uh, for Pittsburgh. Was he a special teams guy for them? Is he going to be tasked to be a special teams guy with the Eagles if he is a starter as per the way you defined starters earlier? Yeah, I, I don't um, – I'm sure he played special teams at time uh, times in Pittsburgh. I'd have to look it up. But, no, I don't expect the Eagles. I do expect him to be a starter. And, if, by the way, if Baldy's – uh, prediction comes true. He'd be the guy. Oh, you got uh, an extra safety on the field. Yeah. Of course, he's going to be a starter. Yeah. Um, I, but I think he's going to be a starter. Uh, one of the two safeties. Um, and I think it's Reed Blankenship against Sidney Brown for the other spot. I think Terrell Edmonds is going to be a starter. Um, so my, my quick answer to that would be no, because remember, if he's the starter, you have Kayvon Wallace, who's likely the fourth safety, is a big part of special teams. And you would have the loser of the other battle, whether it's Reed Blankenship or Sidney Brown, um, also playing a heavy amount of special teams. So, um, no, he's, he's not. And I've compared Terrell Edmonds to Anthony Harris um, in, in the fact that you know, Anthony went from starter to off the roster when they traded for C.J. Gardner-Johnson because right. he wasn't a special teams player. That's kind of the 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 same kind of window I put uh, Terrell Edmonds in. Um, and I don't think the – if the trade is coming this year, I think it's coming at linebacker. Um, so I don't think it's going to come at safety. So I think ultimately, uh, Terrell Edmonds is going to be, um, a starting player on this team. And if he plays special teams, it'd be very limited. He, and I'm trying to, as I talk here, I'm trying to look it up. He played 49 snaps on punt return team. So he's basically blocking on punt returns. He played 58 snaps on extra points and field goals. So essentially on the blocking units. So he might do something light like that, but he wouldn't be a core, as they call it, a core special teamer, um, that type of thing. Uh, one more guy I want to ask you about special teams. I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but it'll get me to my next point. Uh, the reason why I'm asking all this is because, you know, I've you and I have debated back and forth a little bit, and I give you uh, your props in that you probably got a better read on this than, than I do because I just uh, – Howie Roseman has done such a phenomenal job at marketing, managing this team, doing deals, uh, executive of the year last year in the National Football League, very deserved. He made one major mistake going into last year, and that was extending Derek Barnett. And this is not 2020 hindsight because Derek Barnett got hurt. 
I told you here on Birds 365, I thought it was time to move on from Derek Barnett before they ever gave him the contract extension, which they did, which at some point they're going to pay a price for. Well, actually, they already did pay a price because they went out and attempted to replace him with Quinn, who they gave a draft pick for and got basically nothing out of in return. So they're going to have to pay for it again. He's only on the salary cap for a million dollars this year, a million eighty thousand. He's got a per game roster bonus of about 50 G's. So it'll add something more onto it if he's on the team. Um, but they've done another one of these put it off future contract hit deals with him. So when and if he becomes an ex Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles going to take about a $10 million dead cap hit. And if you're going to take a dead million, uh, $10 million dead cap hit, you want to do so on a player who at one point gave you more production than Derek Barnett has ever given the Philadelphia Eagles. Is he a special teams player? Because he's got a chance to make this team this year more so because they want to put off the dead cap hit than anything else. Then they actually believe he's going to get seven or eight sacks as part of a, a, a rotational defensive end position. Did Barnett ever play specials? Yeah, he has. And again, when you're talking about defensive linemen, um, it's generally just more in a blocking role, especially as a younger player. But no, at this stage, he's not going to play. Certainly not going to be, as I mentioned with Terrell Edmonds, certainly not going to be a, a core part of, of special teams. But that that dead money hit you gave was pre-June 1st. We're already past that. Um, the Eagles could cut him today and take a $3 million hit this year. And then they got to take some uh, smaller hits in the years moving forward. Um, I still think he's a very likely trade candidate. And if they trade him, that that dead money goes down to under $2 million. Now, the problem is um, he, he, he's had a torn ACL, right? So he, he's got to prove he's healthy first. He did not take part. In, in the off-season work because he, he tore his ACL early September, the first week. Um, nine months would be June, mid-June. So he's probably cleared now, and he's going to be cleared for training camp. And if he shows up teams around the league, again, not everybody's as deep as the Eagles on the defensive line. In fact, I would say there's 31 teams, not as deep as the Eagles <laughs> on the defensive line. And that is a valuable position. And I've been saying it. They can get something for Derek Barnett as long as he proves he's healthy. Now, I'm yeah, I'm talking day three pick, conditional seven that maybe turns into a six. Nothing grandiose, but they can get something for Derek Barnett. And ultimately, I think they will uh, because they have so much depth. Um, and right now, you know, it's Reddick, it's Sweat, it's Graham, it's Smith. There's no real reps there for him. And again, but you don't have to do it immediately because, well, you can't do it immediately because he's got to prove he's healthy. But even if he was healthy, you don't have to do it immediately because you want to do is wait for training camp, wait for the injury to pop up. Wait for the desperation somewhere. Maybe it's a gambling suspension, Jody, yeah. somewhere else um, as they keep popping down. And all of a sudden, a team gets bet desperate and gives you a little bit more even than you thought you would get. Um, you know, 
the Eagles have Janarius Robinson. They have Patrick Johnson who's played. Uh, they could always move Kyron back. They have so many bodies, as I said, at, 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 at edge rusher, defensive tackle. They're, they're dealing from a position of strength. Ultimately, I don't think Derek's going to be here. It's not that huge cap hit that it would have been pre-June 1st. Uh, it's more palatable. Um, and and we'll see. But if somebody gets hurt on the Eagles, then all right, of a you, sudden you still have them. You got a still in the back pocket. Bit of a safety net. Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly understand that. And I uh, apologize for giving the pre-June 1st number. Maybe you understand the workings of the salary cap better than I do. Uh, I always thought that it was trade or release. It's the same cap hit for future years going forward. Why less for a trade than if they were to flat out release them? Because if that's the case, I'd trade them for a conditional uh, seventh, which disappears. The Eagles, the only team in the world to actually put the first higher payment first and then if he doesn't achieve certain stats they get a lesser pick everyone always says it's the lesser of the two picks but it can advance to one but the eagles like to state it as if they're getting a better pick so you can state it as a seventh round pick which could be num- come non-existent if he doesn't achieve certain stats with his new team uh, if there's a million dollar difference between being traded and being cut, I don't even care about that day three pick that I get. I do it just for the sake of saving a million dollars on a dead cap hit. Uh, yeah, three three million fifty seven thousand. If they cut him, if they trade him, it's one point nine seven seven million. And I trade him <clears> for for a sandwich. Uh, well, you got to get something. You got to get a bag of football. Hey, otherwise, there's some not good sandwiches out there, Johnny yeah. Mac. Are you bad mouthing sandwiches? Are you uh, not a lunch guy? No, you know we get we'll give Wawa the free plug for Hoagie Day. Yeah, give me a Hoagie. Um, no, I mean, yeah, because remember, if you're cutting him, nobody's picking up the contract. So that's the difference. Somebody's picking up the contract if they trade for him. So if you cut him, everything gets, uh, um, you know, put on the books right away. Whereas if you trade him, all you're worried about is the original signing bonus. And, and, and that's what you're responsible for. And they're taking on the contract. So that's the difference. Um, but, you know, if it were running back, I would tell you, they're not getting anything for him. If it were linebacker, you know, the devalued position, edge rusher, man, desperation for teams in this league. There are so many teams in this league that do not have good defensive linemen. It is. It's same thing with offensive linemen. I I would have the same argument with people that say Matt Pryor stinks. Matt Pryor stinks. Maybe stinks to you because you're used to watching pro bowlers and all pros right but everybody, that, there's a there's a whole other world out there and um that's the same category a uh, Derek barnett will be in as long as he's healthy he's got to prove he's healthy first things first then we'll find that out when camp arrives in 25 days yet the countdown is on here on birds 365 all right john mcmullen jody mcdonald Hoping to hear from Zach McPherson of the Philadelphia Eagles. If that doesn't happen, we'll continue to talk birds with you. Hour number two, we're going to get uh, 
Andrew DiCecco from InsideTheBirds.com and their podcast, The Jump Aboard. So it's a football Friday. Mac and Mac hanging with you. Plenty of time to continue to talk birds here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left, got fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. That is what we talk about here every day on Birds 365 EAGLS. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Uh, we're hanging with you on a football Friday, 28 days until, uh, excuse me, 25 days until the Eagles camp gets underway. So we're getting in realistic terms less than three weeks away from almost being there. And as of right now, John McMullen, all, did Eagles have 90 or 89 guys on their roster? I think. 
At one point, they were at eight, nine, eight <clears> wiggle room. They had one extra guy they could put on. I'd have to count them up. I yeah, think. Uh, I, I won't ask you to count them up. I just wanted to know if you knew off the top of your head. Neither of us do. It's either 89 or 90. That's a lot of guys, and they will get down uh, after camp. And remember, cut down not till the last week of preseason. There are no stages of the cuts down issue. It's all the way from 90 down to. The 53, 53, which is yeah. going to be kind of weird. That, that day is going to be crazy. That's going to make preseason, Jody, even less meaningful because you're going to have all those guys for the entire time, if it's possible. They're at 88 plus the Matt Leo exemption. Uh, 89, that's what I thought with, with um, Matt Leo. And that doesn't really count. Right, you said it's an exception. Um, so it is a little bit different uh, than in other years, but... At least they have all 88. Some teams don't have that because guys have been found uh, uh, guilty of gambling on NFL games or gambling on NFL properties. The NFL levied out a couple more uh, punishments yesterday, including year-long suspensions with cost guys their jobs. I give a couple of – like the Colts. You get a year-long suspension. See you later. Bye. Whether you're one of our best 53 guys or not, whether we thought you were going to probably make the 53-man roster. No, you're not an available for an entire year. See you later. Bye. And they're getting out the hammer and, and just cutting these guys. Uh, I know we talked about it, but I feel the need to bring it up whenever we have these suspensions again. NFL means business with this. Have Have these players not figured this out yet, that they're not goofing around? They're not... Uh, putting out just a story or a narrative to try and keep their guys in line, that if you get caught, you're going to pay a heavy price for this. Uh, the, the, the players just not figured it out that there was still some more yesterday or these an isolated incident? Um, I don't think it's isolated. Uh, you know, and clearly some players haven't figured it out. It, you know, but I... You know, whenever you see these gambling commercials, Jody, what do you hear at the end? One eight hundred, whatever. You know, if you have an addiction, call blah blah blah. Right. It is an addiction to some people. Um, so I, I look. You know, we've talked about this enough. I got a big problem with the way the NFL handles this, the hypocrisy of it. It's it's insane to me that you can sit up there and talk one way and act another behind the scenes and gladly take the money. Um, however, you know, I'll also go, you know, to people who say, well, the owners need to be responsible. Do they bet on the games? Do they? I, I mean, everybody's, most of us have jobs, right? Uh, most of us have bosses or owners. Hey, guess what? They don't have the same rules as yeah. us. Not, and anybody, use it in your own life. That's a dumb uh, arguments. Um, that's just the way it is. You're an employee, not the owner. Um, so that, I, that part, I, I kind of throw out there, but the hypocrisy of the lack of education, you know, and I bring this up because they just had a conference call with us reporters, uh, 10 days ago, maybe it's like, why now? Why the hell didn't you have it as why? Because they do everything by the seat of their pants. Um, so, you know, first make the rules very clear, very concrete. I think it's easier to say, hey, don't gamble. P 
period, or it's a suspendable offense, uh, don't say, oh, you can gamble on uh, basketball, but you can't gamble on, 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 on football, which makes sense. Football should be common sense for these guys. So I, I don't have as much um, uh, empathy for the guys who bet on actual football, but uh, for the guys who bet on other sports and things like that, but did it on team property, I mean, or a team hotel on the road trip. I mean, come on. And, and I've said before, there's got to be stages of this. And I'll, I'll say, if you catch somebody spending, I don't know, a hundred, but betting a hundred bucks on a basketball on an NBA playoff game at the team hotel, I'm all for saying, Hey, knucklehead, you can't do this and find them. Okay. And if they do it again, then I'm all for it. Then bring the suspensions into it. Um, so I think there's more common sense that needs to be applied to this. Um, however, you know, it, but if somebody's betting a hundred grand on, on the, on the, on the spread of their own team, yeah, get them the hell out of here. I mean, right. to me, there's levels, Jody. There's obvious common sense levels that somebody bet five bucks on a parlay. Uh, you know, it's suspending them for forget about a year for even six games. I mean, that to me is silly. I I agree with you about the levels, and I agree with you about and the NFL is not going to release this information to Jody McDonald, John McMullen, or anybody else as to what actual bet they made. Uh, as to how that is going to determine how much their suspension should be. The suspensions have been like mandatory six games or a year. There's like no in between. There's no two game, four game, 12 game, fine first, then get to a suspension. They've been pretty set in stone type suspensions you're looking at, which I'm with you is seems to be a little bit harsh. Um, and I'm a guy who from time to time, not often, I know some people that, given the chance, they'll run up on that grassy knoll and think the big conspiracy, any chance they can get, any little opening they can get, they'll immediately go there. I don't. Every once in a while, I'll go a step or two and go, yeah, you know, I don't have every piece of evidence to prove, but this makes a little bit of a sense to me. Do you think it's just a coincidence, John, a stone-cold coincidence? That of the now, I think we're up to a dozen guys that have been suspended, uh, eight of which are full season, six of which are six games. None of them would be considered star players. Most of them are considered best role players. In our first segment, we debated a little bit on who's a backup, who's a starter, how do you define that, number of snaps played, everything else. The guys that the hammer has come down on, no superstar type players. Is there a chance that there are a couple of different sets of rules? You just talked about wanting to be a step process that start with fines before you get the suspensions. Why does it have to be six? Why can't it be three suspensions? Why can't it be 12 games rather than six or a year? Those seem to be the two lines that they've drawn now in the sand. Does the NFL have different punishments and or way that they handle things, what they find out for the level of star you are in the national football league. 
No, I mean, same thing I said with levels, you know, same thing applies here. I'm, I'm all for a good conspiracy, but I'm not going to be Mike Florio. Um, uh, you know, um, there are certain things like, you know, one of the things I can't stand, like I can't even go on Twitter during a Sixers playoff game, Jody, because it starts from, you know, basically two minutes in the game. Oh, crappy call this, that, that. Oh, it's just constant people. Uh, talking about the officials instead of what's going on on the floor. And it drives me insane. But then again, Tim Donahue exists, you know, uh, you know, and he was doing some untoward things. Now, Tim, Tim's from Havertown, by the way, he'd probably be, be helping out the Sixers if anything. But anyway, I digress. Um, There's levels to it. These things have happened in the past. You can go all the way back to you're a New York guy, City College in New York, a big college uh, gambling uh, scandal. Uh, people have shaved points. It, it seems to be easier in basketball than other sports. Um, so it has happened before. Um, and I get why leagues are concerned about it. Um, as far as you know, average players or below average players versus star players. Look, they, they've suspended star players for other reasons. Um, you know, whether it's PEDs, um, Lane Johnson in Philadelphia, uh, Sean Merriman, who was, you know, defensive player of the year candidate, um, uh, had a big PD, PED suspension. Um, no, I, I'm not going to go that far, but you, you know, as far uh, as you, you did draw a couple stars names out there, one position you did not throw out there as far as stars go is the guy that the ball gets snapped to. I don't remember any quarterbacks prior to gambling, any other PEDs, any other potential suspension. When was the last time a star quarterback was suspended for anything? Um, Tom Brady for deplating oh good point johnny mac you got me there i forgot about brady and man he fighted tooth and nail yeah you talk about not accepting responsibility damn brady fought for every uh last uh second he could potentially stand he 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 almost you know and by the way his suspension was stupid and he's the biggest star in the game um so i mean that kind of Proves they will suspend players. Right. He almost took that to the Supreme Court. By he the tried, way, oh, he fought the fight. Well, Ted Olson, who was his lawyer, uh, former Solicitor General of the United States, so he's got a good feel. He he told him, "Well, you're not winning, Tom." So <laughs> he, but he he took it as far as he could go, and and then he. Because I think a lot of people don't understand when things like that, I wrote about this a lot. That's why I can talk about it. when things get to the Supreme Court, like people, well, you're, the Supreme Court's arguing over deflated footballs and there's so much. No, they're not. They're arguing over the legal uh, issue of does the NFL have the right to suspend Tom Brady for this? That's all they were. De- de- and Ted Olson told them, look, dude, you're not going to win. They do. It's a CBA. Uh, the players gave them the right to do this. So you're going to lose this case. So he took it as far as he could. And he was trying to make a point. And I get that point. But um, 
it does prove that they're willing to suspend. And that's the biggest, literally the biggest star of the game. Very true. In the game. And a couple of guys on our uh, uh, stream uh, pointed out, Master Taz, uh, Deshaun Watson, too, which is very true. Uh, he he went above and beyond with his yeah, well, that, that, therapist. That, yeah. The hammer came down pretty harshly on, on Deshaun Watson, and rightfully so. So yeah. uh, my assertion that, yeah, maybe quarterbacks are treated a little bit different. In a lot of ways, they are on the field, but off the field, yeah, the, the hammer can come down on them. Yeah. And, and Watson was such a unique at the beginning. Remember, he wasn't even suspended. He was on the exempt list um, for many, many. And then after everything got cleared up, he served his suspension. Um, but, yeah, he's another one. Um, and he lost uh, essentially two years. Um, and – yeah, that was an ugly situation, to say the least. Uh, and the Cleveland Browns are trying to dig out of that this year, and the Eagles will be playing the Browns. Uh, they're coming here this year during the preseason, right, Johnny Mac? Last time you went out to Cleveland in the town outside of Cleveland, which I can never remember the name. Berea, Berea. I was not in Berea. I was. I went to Miami. I did. I did not go to Berea. Ed Kratz went to Berea. You dodged so the Berea duty huh uh i'm guessing not a thriving metropolis but uh hey what do i know about uh ohio um uh, so we do have the browns coming here this year so we'll get a chance to see firsthand if deshaun watson after a uh, season off and then a half a season off has still got game for the browns this year um and we are just 25 days away from the start of camp uh, rookies first and then veterans, but veterans with injuries will come in on the same day. Will you even know, John? I'm sure you'll be given your schedule when you can go down there and the like. Eagles aren't going to do a 180 on us and hit the ground running with some serious practice this uh, preseason, are they? No, I mean, you can't. You have a, again, everything's collectively bargained. You have a five-day ramp-up period now where you can't even uh, put on the pads to a certain point. You can't hit to a certain point. So, and the Eagles are, you know, not going to do a lot of that anyway. They're not going to have, you know, as we call live periods. Um, Doug had, even Doug had like two a summer. That's it. Um you know, yesterday when Rob was here and you were uh, doing WIP, Jody, we talked a little about we got in a wormhole. We got the Chip Kelly wormhole uh, with Damo, uh, Paul Domowich. And, you know, I was, Chip was the start of a lot of this. Chip doesn't get the credit for all the changes that he brought to the NFL that are now just accepted. Um, I remember when we first got here, we were like, they're not going to hit at all. Um and they didn't hit at all. They didn't have any live periods. Now it's very rare. There's fewer teams that do it that don't do it. Um, and he was the crux of a lot of it. And and not to mention the RPO-based offense, the, the sports science part of it. Um, he just had no filter. You know, he he didn't he didn't have a filter. Um but a lot of his ideas are now accepted in the NFL. A lot, but not all. Oh, no. Well, he didn't have a filter. He didn't have a dampener. I always say the tempo. Bill Belichick loved Chip Kelly. Loved him. 
he would bring him in before he was the Eagles coach to, to, to pick his brain uh, on the tempo part of the game. And if you remember, the Patriots were the best ever at it with Brady. But Brady and Belichick had understood, all right, you can go a million miles an hour, but then if you're up 14 in the fourth quarter, you take the foot off the gas. Then you start, you know, that's common sense, sort of what I was talking about with gambling. Where's Chip would go? No, go, 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 go. And the second part was you're not dealing with 20-year-old kids, and you don't have 90 guys. Uh, you have 46 guys on a game day, and some of them are Jason Peters in his mid-30s at that time. You can't run those guys into the ground. Um, so that kind of stuff Chip didn't understand. Um, but he had, a lot of his ideas, Jody, are now he – was, he was ahead of the curve. In certain things, he surely was. Uh, and as you say, not just with the Philadelphia Eagles, they stay in place here in Philadelphia, but they have spread uh, across the entire National Football League. I give him credit for that. The sleep monitor, that was a bit much for me. And I didn't, didn't think well, that one was going to survive. They wanted get... to know what the hell was happening with their phone. Would, yeah. would Jalen Carter even be allowed to leave the city of Philadelphia under Chip Kelly? Or would he? Well, have and, and Chip still had issues, you know. Um, there were probably more issues in Chip's regime than there are now. Um, but that's another part of it. You can't, you know, you can't tell grown men to wear sleep monitors. Who, who Grown men who have a union, yeah. you can't tell them uh, <laughs> to wear sleep monitors. So, again, you could tell that to college kids. College kids are like, oh, I got to wear this. You can't do it to, uh, especially, even though we might joke about the, the NFL union and the executive director they hired that nobody knows. Um, it's still, uh, uh, you know, maybe when you compare it to the baseball union, it's not powerful, but it's still a very powerful union. Um, and they're always fighting for their players. So you can't say, Hey, you got to do this. You got to do that. Today with college football, all you have to do would get an NIL sponsor and then they'd gladly wear their sleep monitors yeah. all night long. 24 7 365 which is what we call this show birds 365 john mcmullen jody mcdonald i'm starting to get the feeling that zach mcpherson will not be joining us Ma wait wait a mac and mac and mac man hey, come on come on guys um yeah. uh. we, we were hoping to get zach mcpherson who i had on my list of top 25 eagles this year john mcmullen ed kratz nowhere to be found i had faith that Zach was going to be moving into the backup slot in the cornerback room this year. And yeah, we all love Maddox and know how good he is at it, but he always seems to get hurt for a couple of games this year, which I thought was going to be the opening for Zach Mack to make uh, his first major contribution on the line of scrimmage for the Eagles this year. Well, he doesn't look like he's going to be making it here on Birds 365. So Johnny Mack, Jody Mack coming back. We'll uh, continue to chop up the birds. And coming up in less than 20 minutes, uh, slightly over 20 minutes from now, Andrew DeCecco from uh, InsideTheBirds.com is going to hop aboard Birds 365.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Johnny Mac, Jordy Mac, Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. Uh, doesn't look like uh, Zach McPherson's going to join us. We were hoping that was going to be the case in town to do a 7-on-7 tournament over here in uh, South Jersey tomorrow, but... Uh, Either he couldn't figure out how to join the stream or his schedule got changed as well. But uh, we, we, uh, doesn't look like we're going to be talking to Zach McPherson. We will be talking to Andrew DeCheco from Inside the Birds coming up in uh, just about 20 minutes from now. Um, I know that you didn't make it down because you were here on the air on on Birds 365 with uh, yours truly on Wednesday. But it sounds like the Eagles autism affair down in uh, Sea Isle City was a uh, thriving success. Over $100,000 uh, raised. Uh, I got a chance to do the show with uh, Joe Cameron and James Seltzer yesterday on WIP. And they were down there. James part of the chugging contest against uh, Mr. Kelsey and his brother down there. Um, the, the Eagles autism fund has, has grown over the years, Johnny Mack, and it once again, just shows how Jason Kelsey is. And I've been here in Philadelphia for 32 years now doing shows. The best man of the people, Philadelphia player 
in my 32 years, maybe ever, I don't want to speak to before I was in Philadelphia, but I know Richie Ashburn was a pretty popular guy, both as a player and then afterwards as a broadcaster. But Jason Kelsey more fits the town of Philadelphia and its fan base than any other player I've ever seen in this town. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit yesterday on the show as well. I, I you know, he gets it um, and he tries to teach other people um along the way um but it's hard i mean and i was bringing up with rob i mean save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There's this mentality that if you play hard, uh, Philadelphia's going to love you. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I describe it as if you play hard and you're really good, Philadelphia's going to love you. Um, I brought up David Bell. You're a baseball guy. David Bell would hustle his you-know-what off, but wasn't very good. And the people kind of crapped on him at times. Uh, Nate Gary here, I use the example, worked his ass off. Wasn't very good. Um, people didn't like him. Um, so I, I do think there's there's more to it than just that. But Jason gets the – and I, I brought this up with Sean Desai uh, as well versus Jonathan Gannon. He gets the the PR part of it. Like you got to talk a certain way, you got to you got to act a certain way, you got to be a certain way as well. Whereas you know, Sean Desai was when he was talking about uh, the mentality of the city, and we, we want to make you feel us as a defense. That's what the people want to hear. He's going to play the same philosophy. You know, Jonathan was more of just all right this is what we're going to do i'm not going to pay lip service to the other stuff um but it's important the pr part of it's important jody and jason gets it better than anybody anybody i i agree with you better than anybody who's ever played in this city and he plays the offensive line which even though this is my opinion, again, 32 plus years experience um, is more of a defensive town than an offensive town. The Philadelphia fan mindset does kind of meld with Harry Roseman at, in that the trenches are all important and they like the grind and the uh, in your Until face. the draft, Jody, then they want the skill. Yeah, true. <laughs> come, come draft time, uh, the, 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 the skill does get emphasized. But uh, to Howie's credit, he stays true to his uh, actual beliefs, which he'll draft in the trenches before he'll go with skill if two players are of an e- even nature. Uh, apparently, it was a hell of a party down there in Sea Isle. And I've been a Sea Isle guy for uh, my years. When my daughter was young, uh, we went down to Seattle every single year and, and rented a house uh, for at least uh, a week or two, if not more than that, during the summer. And I don't know how they got around it. If they had like 10,000 people or somewhere there, uh, thousands yeah. of people in there. It's a great little island and a fun place to have your summer vacation and like, 
How'd they put all those Eagle fans into that island? Did you talk to Kratz yet? Did yeah, he get I, 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 I have. And uh, Martin went down as well. Martin Frank went down as well, our buddy. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's gotten so big. Like the first year, it was just, uh, you know, okay. Well, you know, you said you used to go down to see uh, the Ocean Drive. There's not a lot of room. Right. <laughs> um, Is that, I haven't been down there in, in at least three or four years. Is the Springfield even open anymore? Um, I, I haven't been down there in a few years as well. The OD was a, a good good place, yeah. but not as big as the Springfield was. Yeah. Um, I at, at some point it's getting to the point where they're going to have to move it. Um, you know, I I don't, or they're going to have to severely limit. Um, you know, via tickets or, or whatever, you know, have sort of a lottery system. Um, it's getting too big. You know, obviously you had Tra Travis and, you know, we were talking about what players would show up, you know, the first year was one or two guys. Now a bunch of guys are showing up. Um, yeah. It's become this giant thing. NBC sports Philadelphia was doing a live broadcast. WIP was doing a live broadcast. Um, it has taken a, on a life of its own. And now you have the podcast as well that's become so popular for Jason and Travis. Um, and I know I know Jason loves the, the OD, and I, I know he's not going to want to move it, but uh, yeah, something, something's got to give. It's getting too big. And uh, I, I asked you to speculate for me, and I asked the camera yesterday, and he did the show, that he went, took a nap, they came back for the afternoon or whatever. Uh, his offensive lineman came out in, in droves from Dickerson was there, and Mylotta was there, and somebody else, I don't know if Jurgens was there, but somebody else from the offensive, one of the backup offensive linemen was there. And a couple of ex-Eagles came down. They said there was good show of alumni to support Jason and the cause. So uh, good on the Philadelphia Eagles for raising over a hundred thousand dollars for autism. And luckily no incidents reported because that's a whole bunch of people in a small little area having a goodly amount of adult beverages. Something could go right, but nothing did. So uh, again, congratulations Eagles, specifically Jason Kelsey. He's the driving force, but Eagles off autism um, also uh, does a lot of hard work for that. Uh, so it gives the chance during the summer months, and I think it's absolutely perfectly timed. So uh, you and I both talk about how the NFL's calendar goes 365. They want to keep you interested. They want to keep you talking about it. They want to keep you engaged all year long. Jason Kelsey helps out all by himself. He, he keeps the Eagle fans engaged and also raises. Uh, yeah, and they they that's the most important part. I forget the number. It was it was a big number though. Uh, that they raised was, was over hundred grand. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was higher than that. The number I got uh, three hundred and eighty. No. Uh, yeah, three eighty. Wow. Um, now, Jason, part of it is Jason matches part of the uh, uh, part of the proceeds as well. Um, so I'm sure that factors in. But either way, whole whole heck of a lot of money. Um, and, and that's the that's the good part. But, yeah, three three eighty is what the Eagles released. 
Um, that is damn impressive. That had number had not come out yesterday by the time I was on WIP because I asked Joe if they had stated a number and he got out of there by an early enough time that he didn't get the number. And uh, we didn't have it before we got off the air yesterday. So if it rose. And that's not even final, by the way. That's that's uh, the, the final number still being worked on. So it'll probably even raise up a little bit from there. That's pretty darn impressive. Um, one thing that I do want to get to before we get uh, Andrew DiCecco from Inside the Birds, uh, both .com and the podcast up in a couple of minutes. What do you know about Lloyd Howell, John McMullen? <laughs> you and I touched on this the other day, uh, and I said it could come down. I'm, the reports are out there. The NFLPA could have a new director before the day is over and done with Jordan, that was sure enough, that was the case. You text me about two hours after the show. Hey, they just named their new guy, Lloyd Howell. Yeah, I said, yeah. was he on Gilligan's Island with the <laughs> professor and the skipper? Thurston, Mr. Yeah. Howell, wasn't he on Gilligan's? Who the heck is Lloyd Howell? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, that's what I know about him. His name, Lloyd Howell. That's, I don't think anybody spent, he's a, he's a financial guy. So that part of it makes sense. Uh, he's a CFO and treasurer for a couple different companies. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and it, as you it, and I talked about been, it. You know, the narrative is they get beaten all the time in CBA negotiations. Um, maybe helps. Um, it seems like D. Smith would get like a lot of uh, important um, off-season sort of uh, quality of life issues for the players. When we talk about the scaled back schedules and all that stuff, he was good at that. But the finances, he'd always get sort of raked over the coals and that's what the owners care about they'll give up anything in the offseason as long as they get more money um and maybe this this guy can change it a little bit more of a financial background not going to be maybe a pushover in that aspect but i i i'm only speculating that's why uh they went in that direction and that's what i should do some healthy speculation because i know nothing if you know very little about Lloyd Howell, I know even less. And the reason why I brought it up the other day, and I still do today, and I thought maybe now, 24 hours after the announcement came out, who was going to be the new NFLPA director, that we'd find out a little something about the process. And that has not been the case. You've got at least one rep for every single team who are involved in the uh vetting and the decision making process it's not a all nfl players show up and are in constant contact you have your team rep he represents you and your teammates and then you have to trust him to be part of the voice of the committee that does make the selection that's over 40 guys and there were no leaks on this none the information brokers across the National Football League had no potential guys who could be hired. And you would think, all right, well, they picked their guy. They got it done. They did a nice job. They kept it under wraps. They didn't let anybody know who are the candidates and the like. After the fact, we'll find out. Well, we're 24 hours later, and there's been no speculation on who else was being considered for this position John, I don't know if there's a story that's under wraps here that nobody is getting at, and maybe there's a reason why they kept it as much under wraps as they did, or if I just want to tip my hat to the, 
to the NFL Players Committee because they were able to keep their own thought process, their own meeting, their own selection process as much under wraps as they did. More power to them. I'm not like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing in the world. We don't know anything. If we don't know anything, we don't know anything. It just jumps out to me as uh, weird that the uh, uh, topic as much as the NFL is so highly reported upon and so many good reporters are involved in finding out these things that nobody was able to find out anything. Um, yeah, to me, it just points to, uh, you know, it's a union like any other union. And even though people think of unions and, you know, workers rights, um, you, you see the, the, the high profile unions you can see, and I'm talking far beyond football in the history of this country. Eh, most of them were a little corrupt at the top. Um, absolute power. Corrupts absolutely. Very few people were in on this decision. That's that's the bottom line. That's not what a union is supposed to be about. Very few people are making these decisions for a lot of people. Um, and we'll see. I mean, a lot of players complained about the lack of information leading up to it. Um, are they going to care after the fact? That'll probably have more to do with the job he does, but... This wasn't, you know, hey, let's take a vote from all the players. This was a very finite group of people making a decision uh, for everybody else. And that has been the history of high-powered unions in this country, to be honest. Understood. But you used the word finite. Finite of 40. Finite of two or four or six, I can understand being able to keep under wraps. 40. Well, I think the finite of two, four, six was steering the wheel, and the other forty are just rubber stamping. That's that's I think the problem with this whole situation. Okay, so then you're saying shame on the representatives of each of the team that they got a position of power and didn't use it. They just went along to get along. I. I'm not sure it's a position of power is what I'm trying to say. The positions of power are the, that inner circle, that group of, and I don't know what the number is. So but you don't think say, the new appointee was voted upon by the player reps? No, of course he was, but they're, you know, these things work as, Hey, um, I forget his name already. That's how but Lloyd's the guy. Lloyd Howell. Yeah. Lloyd Howell's the guy. He's the best guy for the job. Um, and then everybody uh, uh, gets in line. That's the way, unfortunately, uh, unions have worked in this, in this country for All far right. too long. Uh, and if you know, please tell us if you don't, uh, it's uh, a, a really beyond your scope type question beyond a lot of people's scope type question other than jc treader who's wielding that power in that little group i don't you... know there's a bunch of jimmy hoffers i don't know who they are <laughs> but that, that's just the point i mean jimmy's probably the most famous for you know not the best of reasons we well i i think we still don't know where jimmy ended up right no um he might be in the the meadowlands but they tore it up and there's yeah, he might be say, under parking space. Yeah, uh, if, if section C, yeah. row four, uh, space uh, twelve. My 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 point there is the Teamsters. You know, the rank and file weren't weren't voting on Jimmy Hoffa. 
Um, it's not to that level. I'm not saying the corruption's to that level, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, a, a concrete, you know, I, I don't think those sporty guys are getting together and saying, eh, let's look at the best candidates and let's everybody, I think in that case, things would have been leaked out. And, but that's not Do how you it think worked. it was more slam dunk than anything else. Yeah. Well, uh, first things first, we got to see and or hear from Lloyd Howell, who um, don't know. I think that's happening today. I think is uh, he. They're gonna have their first uh, press gathering with the new, yeah, yeah, director. Um, and yeah. he might do a great job. I'm not saying he's a bad choice. I'm not saying any. They, you know, he might be better than D. Smith. Uh, a lot of people didn't like what D. did. Uh, a lot of people liked him. Um, it, this guy might be great. I'm just, you know, I, I. It, it, it was very shady the way they did things and we'll see if it works out for them. We get our first chance there from Lloyd. Don't call me Sam. Don't call me Thurston Howell today. Yeah. I don't know Lloyd from a hole in the wall, but we'll get a, a little bit of a grasp on what kind of job he'll be tasked to do for the NFLPA. All right. Mac and Mac guys, McMullen, McDonald, uh, hoping to hear from and crossing fingers because Zach McPherson was a no show here <laughs> in our number one. You got faith there. You 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 got Andrew on. The I got phone. faith in Andrew, him. although I didn't confirm with Andrew. But the Andrew's so rock solid. I don't feel the need to. All right. We got faith. Uh, was Zach? Was Zach? Zach's agents claimed he was coming on. So you know, there he is. Yeah. He's already popped into the green See? room and rock the solid. Room. Uh, McMullen's prediction was accurate. Andrew. Dechecko not going to be bagging us. He's joining us next from inside the birds.com here on birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on action news. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, I fake them up. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Mega Mac here on Birds 365. We're lucky enough to have Andrew DiCecco from InsideTheBirds.com jump aboard with us. How's your summer going, Andrew? It's going great, guys. Uh, real quick, what was John's prediction that I heard from the beginning? Um, that you would show. Uh, right. We were supposed to have Zach McPherson on this morning, and uh, Zach's having a seven-on-seven camp, and, uh, you know, his agent said he'd be here, but he was not here. And I said, Andrew will show. Uh, I, I do Andrew's not disappoint. You guys, you guys know me by now. Yeah. Andrew's rock solid. Here he is. Just to button up something with you, Jody. Um, Russell Reynolds, the executive search firm that found uh, the great Lloyd Howell, general counsel Tom DePasso. So a bunch of other names we know nothing about are making these decisions. We were just talking about the new NFL PA director, uh, Andrew, but more exciting topics. We we were going to have Zach on, so I'm, I'll, I'll start with him. Um, this is one of the more interesting parts of, of off-season work was Abante still working his way back from uh, off-season surgery. Um they're not doing a lot, but seven on sevens, obviously you're looking at the secondary a lot, and, and it's probably more important for those guys uh, than anybody else on defense. And there was Zach playing the slot, which I thought was both interesting and, and, and it made sense to me because I always thought that would be his more natural position. And I think, it'd be a lot better this season than last season if, if Avante Maddox would go down. Is that your thoughts on, on, on the slot? Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought up Zach McPherson, John, because he's a player that when he was drafted, I depicted him to be a nickel corner. I thought that was a more natural fit. I thought he was a little bit miscast as an outside player. Yeah. thought he did all right in his opportunities, but I think now he's going to be in a position where he's going to be you know, equipped to be successful I really like his short area quickness, his toughness, his tenacity. Uh, he's competitive, and obviously we all know that he's known for his special teams prowess, one of the better gunners in the league. So I think he's going to have a better opportunity. When you look at those final positions, it's going to come down to versatility. So I think the the value in cross-training is going to enhance his opportunities to make this football team. And you feel that way. John feels that way. I feel that way. 
They showed that in the seven and sevens in the summer that they're going to give him a chance to do that a little bit more this year. And I think he'll be their number one backup slot corner. Why not last year? Josiah Scott that good that they thought, all right, here, as soon as Avante Maddox goes down, they put Scott in. And then they decide to bring Chauncey Gardner Johnson down from safety to play in the slot rather than give Zach a chance to play there last year. What happened between the end of last year and the start of this year that everyone just woke up and goes, oh, we could always use Zach as our backup slot guy. Anything happened that would push the Eagles toward a change of the coaching staff, change of philosophy? Why didn't Zach get the shot last year as a backup slot? Well, I, I think the Eagles really like Zach McPherson, Jody, and I think they want to give him every, every opportunity to make the team. But I think last year there was such a, a dire need for a backup a reserve backup corner and he was best suited to do that. Now he was miscast as we all agree, but I think that now you're, and, and to thrust him into that role in the slot in the middle of the season with all the finer intricacies and nuances at the position, I think would be a little bit malpractice for him last year. So now he's going to get a full off season and the summer to really grasp that position yeah. and prove that he can do outside and nickel uh, effectively. And I would add Kaylee Ringo, uh, Greedy Williams, Eli Ricks, uh, Makai Gardner, even um, all outside corners, um, you know, uh, 6'2", just, you know, long speed. Ringo would be number one of that group, obviously, mm -hmm. but just natural outside corners. They didn't have that last year. Um, if, and luckily for the Eagles, uh, Darius Slay, went down or James Bradbury went down. They didn't. Um, they, they would have needed an outside corner and they didn't have one. Now they got a bunch of guys that, that they're probably not all going to hit when you talk about those young corners, but one or two of them, you got to believe Andrew are going to be in the kind, you know, Ringo is going to be on the team. So, yeah. uh, and then, you know, greedy might be here, might not, but that's an outside corner. Eli Ricks, you know, a lot of hype in college at one point. That's an outside corner. And even Garner's 6'2". 6'2 guys don't play in the slot. So um, they got a bunch of bodies now to back up uh, Darius Slay and James Bradbury. That's a positive as well, don't you think? Yeah, they're certainly covering their bases here, John. And obviously, they all have the common theme of having the length and the physicality on the outside. It's funny you mentioned Greedy Williams. I think he's going to have uh, an uphill battle in making this football team. Yeah, when you look I at the, the modest sum that the Eagles are guaranteeing him, I think it's 600K, if I'm not mistaken. He doesn't have a ton of special teams experience. And obviously, Ringo is going to make the team, and he would be their, probably their fourth or outside corner. So, um, when you look at special teams he and you're looking at him being the fourth or fifth corner, I don't know that where he would fit. So I, I think it's going to be – he has the name, he has the pedigree, but I, I think it's going to be a little bit tough to envision him on the 53 going into camp. Andrew, uh, I mentioned this to John in hour number one. I was on WIP. Yes, I had a chance to talk to Brian Baldinger. And I asked him a specific question. I don't think I asked it of you the last time we had you on, so I will hear um, – Game one, Eagles win the coin toss in New England. They kick off. Elliott kicks out of the end zone. First and 10, 25-yard line for the Patriots. Who will be the two linebackers on the field for the Philadelphia Eagles? 
Well, I, th- I think right now I have to say Nicholas Morrow and Nicobe Dean. Now that could certainly change. I know you've mentioned Patrick uh, Queen. Uh, a lobbying of- for it. We got a lot of time before that opening Sunday yeah. for right. Patrick Queen to land here in Philadelphia. It's just tough to envision anybody else. And, you know, Christian Ellis is a great story, Jody. But right now I think that he was he's probably best suited to be the three. He hasn't played extensively uh, on defense throughout his career. Until you see otherwise, Nicholas Morrow has played a lot of football. He's seen a lot. He's the veteran, obviously pairing opposite N'Kobe Dean. So I think right now they would be the two. And uh, sorry, John, thanks for letting me jump in. Um, Brian Boldinger said to me, he goes, Jody, I don't know that they're not going to have one linebacker on the field, that they had another DB on first and 10 from the 25 yard on first play of the year. They're going big nickel already down number one. If that's the case, what three safeties do you think they have on the field? Edmonds, Blankenship and Sidney Brown. Yeah. If, if they go that route. And I think if they go that route, Terrell Edmonds would be essentially the glorified linebacker mm-hmm. um, in, in that package. But uh, I do think um, at least week one, barring a trade, uh, because I do think there's a possibility of a CJ Gardner Johnson like trade. I don't, I don't think it's going to be as splashy as, as Jody wants with uh, a Patrick queen. I think it's more likely to be remember CJ before he became CJ. So he was sort of a, on the last year of his rookie deal, sort of a good player, but not, you know, that they're moving positions, maybe something's got to click, but he's going to be on that cost effective deal. If they make that move, if they don't make that move, Andrew, I think Nicholas Morrow is a starting linebacker on this team. And getting back to your Greedy Williams point, they guaranteed Greedy six hundred grand. They guaranteed Nicholas Morrow zero kiss, <laughs> nothing, zero. Now we did have Brad Spielberger on. He brought up a good point. He was like, Nicholas played behind the worst defensive front in football last year, and he's coming to Philadelphia. And he's arguably, arguably playing in the best behind the best defensive front. He'll get another opportunity if he plays to get back on the market. It maybe makes up the money on the back end. He said he could have probably gotten a Kaiser White like deal if he waited. Not not this year, the one Kaiser signed with the Eagles. But he didn't want to wait because he wanted to play in Philadelphia. I'm buying that at least a little bit. I see it. Because you can go make if you can go make six hundred grand guaranteed, Andrew, somewhere else, but you're playing on a crappy team. What does that mean in the long run? If you get behind, if you get to play behind the best defensive front in football, that means you just have a ton of stats, but not much to you know. Not you, you kind of get lost in the mix a little bit. Now, the one concern that I do have about Moro pairing opposite Dean is they're both slightly built. They're both about yeah, two twenty five. Yeah. And they had trouble stopping the run last year with a run defending, predominant run defending linebacker in TJ Edwards. So when you see those two guys there in the middle, I think that they could struggle again there. While I do think they'll be markedly improved in coverage um, in that regard. Can I just jump in, Jody? Yeah, go ahead. Follow up. If this team had Dick Buskis at middle linebacker, they couldn't stop the run because they don't want to stop the run. So why do we blame it on the linebackers? It's, it's easy. <laughs> yeah. It's an it's an easy narrative to roll with because that's a position that they've 
ignored, you know, historically. But, but you know, their job is – their whole philosophy, whole defensive philosophy is stop the run with light boxes so you can add the extra guy in coverage. That's their whole philosophy. Um, and if you do that, you're going to give up some runs. So, to me, if you're 16th in the league – what were the Eagles last year against some run? They were middle of the road, somewhere yeah. around there. If you're middle of the road, that's fine. That's sort of the trade-off. But for people to expect, like, I'm concerned about expectations. And Kobe Dean is coming in, another one of those players coming in under grandiose expectations. You can't expect Kobe Dean to be Dick Buckus with light boxes. That's not fair. Mm-mm. Are people going to recognize that? Probably not, to be to be honest with you. And I, and I think that... You can obviously see the Kobe Dean hype train building, and rightfully so. I mean, he's had an illustrious college career. He was impactful in the limited amount of snaps that he played last year. I think it was just 34, but you have to take everything into account. He might not light the, you know, light the world on fire coming out of the gate, but that doesn't mean that he's that, that that's a and, and you know, that that's what he's going to be in the league. I think you have to take in all the factors into account. There's going to be some hiccups. We know that, John, but I think that he is going to be a good player. I just you would like to see somebody with a little bit more size, at least in my opinion, opposite him, because it, it really kind of leaves you vulnerable over there at the second level. All right. I want to pick your brain a little bit about the Eagles and the usage of some of their players in the regular season. Last year, we all sung the praises of the Eagles offense. Well, we should have putting up points uh, top amongst the entire league and yards per game and the like. One aspect that was not great of the Philadelphia Eagle last uh, offense last year was receiving yards out of the backfield. Uh, and that can be in a one back set split out, however you want to formulate it. They only had 48 receptions out of their running backs all last year for a grand total of 162 yards. To be frank, that stinks. You're looking at less than four yards per reception. Anytime they threw the ball to a back, be it Boston, Scott, Miles Sanders, and or Kenny Gainwell. Well, they changed the backs around a little bit. And they brought in uh, DeAndre Swift, who is certainly better at it than Miles Sanders was last year. Miles was awful at it. Miles ran the ball effectively. He didn't do anything coming out of the backfield catching it. Do you think there'll be a change in philosophy of the Eagles offense this year, that that will become a bigger part of their overall game plan that because they've added a guy who's been better at it than uh, any of the three Eagles were last year in his NFL career, that because DeAndre Swift is here, the Eagles will throw the ball to the back out of the backfield more. I do, Jody, and and DeAndre Swift is the reason why. DeAndre DeAndre Swift is the X factor. I think he's going to be instrumental in the efficiency of this offense. When you have a player of his skill set that can be so explosive in space, I think it behooves the Eagles to find a way to tap into that and and make that a part of the game plan. Because And that also alleviates a lot of pressure from your quarterback, quite frankly, and not having to feel like you have to do everything. So I, I think that I'm actually surprised they didn't use Kenny Gainwell enough in that role because that was really his calling card. Um, going coming into the league, they looked they viewed him as Naheem Hines like. So uh, I think right now, though, given the given the skill set and knowing how vital DeAndre Swift can be to your offense, I think that's going to be a big part of it. Yeah, I don't see it, Andrew. Man, at, at the quarterback, even with I, a I'm new not, offensive coordinator at the helm, I'm I'm not dumping the football off with Jalen Hurts. I'm not dumping the football. 
Hey, there, well, there's a couple. There's two reasons. I, I shouldn't. It's not just Jalen Hurts. A, AJ, Devontae, and Dallas are always open. They're, I mean, one of them's always open. Uh, so when they're on the field together, so um, you, you you rarely get down to that third progression to begin with. But even when you do get down to that third progression um, and you want to dump the football off, why the hell am I going to dump it off when my quarterback's going to get more than a running back? And I think that's where the Eagles are. And Nick Sirianni said it a couple times. He said, I don't want to take away his superpower. He said, I don't want to, I, we're not paying him more to do less. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take that aspect out of Jalen Hurts. I don't want to turn him into Donovan McNabb, who was trying to prove a point, saying, I can throw the ball. Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts. Go let him be Jalen Hurts. That's that's where I am. And I think the Eagles mm-hmm. are on that page as well, by the way. I really yeah. do. Yeah, I think there's a time and a place for it. And and I think that adding a new dimension or a new wrinkle to the offense and the Eagles trying to stay ahead of things and has to make sure the teams aren't catching up to what they're doing. I think, you know, you, you want to leave, you don't want to leave anything on the table. Well, here's where I think DeAndre could be a big part of the passing game. Those those plus one bubble screens mm-hmm. instead of throwing it to Quest, Quest. Watson, throw it to Deandre Swift. I think, you know, that he could be impactful at, I think that could be the little wrinkle. Uh, and they were showing that a little bit in seven on sevens when they went to those empty sets, uh, they would have Deandre out there and throw him the ball on the quick, quick screen. I think that that could be something. Um, but man, the receivers are so good. Jalen's so good. This is not where you, this is not an offense where you got to dump the ball off to the running back. Um, it's it's going to be rare. DeAndre's a great receiver, great receiver. Caught sixty balls in Detroit. But as you pointed out, Andrew Kenny Gainwell's a great receiver. Nobody knows him because they mm-hmm. don't dump the ball off. I think he's a great receiver. But, but do you think that Brian Johnson may look to tap into that area of the offense and add that in? Do you think Do you think he may try to... Not the to... dump-off aspect. Not the dump-off aspect. Like I said about maybe there's a few more designed plays for the backs because mm-hmm. they have good receiving backs. But at even that, then I get to, well, I used to have this discussion with Doug Peterson. Doug had a great quote I can talk about now because he said it um, in public, he would get criticized. He had that run where Matt Collins <laughs> barely got a target. And this was behind the scenes at the time, but he's talked about it since he said, he's the freaking sixth option. I'm not, I'm not designing plays for Matt Collins. You, you should kill me if I do. <laughs> I'm designing plays. If I'm next year, I got to get AJ fed. I got to get Devontae fed. I got to get Dallas Goddard fed. I got a quarterback who's the best in extending plays. Those guys are way down the list is all I'm trying to say. Even a guy like DeAndre Swift? Yeah. Yeah, John John and I are on the same page with this one. And let me take this opportunity to give credit to the quarterback. Because last year, prior to the season, people didn't know about Jalen Hurts. 
They aggressively pursued both Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. So the Eagles didn't even know that uh, he was going to take this massive step up. One of the things that impressed me most about Jalen Hurts last year was every single pass play, you have to make the decision. The defense will help dictate to you your decision as to when you pull the trigger. Some guys hold the ball too long that they wait and they wait and they wait and they wait and they end up getting sacked. Some guys, to use a uh, phrase, chicken out, that they immediately go to the check down. They move from one to two to three, check down, get it the hell out of my hands. Jalen Hurts, for me, was masterful last year at knowing when exactly to pull the trigger. He's uh, well beyond his means for the amount of time he played in the football league. He always got rid of the football exactly when he should have gotten rid of the football. Not too early, not too late. I give him a lot of credit for that. And I'm with John, that I don't think they're just going to waver. Well, we know we got DeAndre Swift. We always get the DeAndre Swift. No, Jalen's going to do what Jalen does. And I'm not sure it's going to lend itself to that many more passes out of the back. But but it's going to be a real fun watch, (laughs) something that we could have a ton of fun with potentially second-guessing the new offensive coordinator this upcoming year, even if I know the, that we know that it's not necessarily fair. All right, uh, we've got three more weeks till camp comes, so I need to get you on record here. Knowing full well, we'll have you back again. You can change your mind all you want, Andrew, before the season starts in September. As of right now, give me the four top teams in the NFC, the order in which you'd put them, and the difference between the t- difference between one and two, the amount of difference between two and three, and three and four. Give me the top four NFC teams hmm. and how much space you'd put between each of them. Wow. Um, well, I have the Eagles as the top team, the heavyweight of the NFC. Then I would probably say the 49ers. I'm going to have to go Lions. And then I would probably say Saints, in all honesty. Because wow, think, you got the Saints. No time. Cowboys in there? Or we, we threw uh, the Cowboys I, out? You know, they're a team. I think they're just going to implode. Like, like as pre, I, I think they're going to be a team that kind of starts off. I think they're going to start off quick like Dallas does, and then something's going to happen and the wheels are going to fall off naturally. But I really – I'm intrigued by what the Saints have done this offseason, and I think they could be one of those teams that become a sleeper this year in the league in general. But as to your point – as to your question, Jody, where do I see the gap? Like how, how great do I see the gap? I think – then. Well, it depends on how the Niners start the season out, right? I mean, who's going to start the season for them? Is it going to be Sam Darnold or is it going to be Brock Purdy? If Sam Darnold starts and they get off to a rocky start, well, guess what? Obviously, there's going to be a, a pretty sizable gap there. I think the Eagles are going to get off and get off to a really hot start. Um, I think that there's a pretty substantial gap between the Eagles and the Niners, you know, on the surface at least. Now, is the gap bigger between the Eagles and the Niners or the Niners and then that third team, whether it's the Lions, the Saints? Because I think it's a chasm between the Niners and then if you're going Saints or Lions, I'd put the Cowboys. So I'm a little bit different. I'd put the Cowboys at number three. Then I start going down to the Lions and the Seahawks and maybe the Saints. The Saints are an interesting team because of Derek Carr um, and somebody's got to win that division. Um, so they're going to have a good opportunity, but boy, that, that drop off from, to me, it's Cowboys in that fourth team to you. It would be 49ers in that third team. 
That's pretty massive, isn't it? That's a massive one, John. And the Lions are a trendy pick right now. I I get that, and I understand why. But I don't know if they're ready to really make that leap into the, you know, make a deep playoff run, right? I mean, I I think that Dan Campbell has been a great story and everything like that. And I think that they could be a a wild card team or, you know, make an early exit, which would be growth. But I, I don't think that they're ready to contend with the 49ers or anything like that. Yeah, I'm more on that Seahawk bandwagon. They get the Rams and the Cardinals twice a piece, which I think both of those are going to be substandard teams this year rather than the NFC North, which they're all pretty even to me. Packers might have the best minus one roster of anybody, and we don't know what Jordan Love's going to do. Lions, I know I had a really good year, and winning that last game against Green Bay was impressive when they had nothing to play for and went out and kept Green Bay from not making the playoffs. But they got to prove it to me again. I think the Bears are going to be one of the more improved teams in the National mm-hmm. Football League. Now, Agreed. they were the worst. They had the number one pick in the draft. So there's only one direction yeah. to go from there, which is up. It's the only I team think, you know that's going to get better. Uh, well, you don't know. I guess you could be, you get, get the number one pick two years in a row. Yeah, I guess. I'll cover any, any of that action I'm, you want. I'm John, with you. They, they won't be <laughs> they're going to be better. I'm year. with you. So that division is going to be, I think, tremendously competitive. Vikings only won 13 games last year. We all expect them to come back down, but how far do you have to come down from 13? Oh, my God, they lost three. That means they're still winning 10 games this year. So that's going to be a great division. That's why I like Seattle. Um, I like your stance on the Cowboys. A lot of people are propping the Cowboys up. Here's my question about the Cowboys. How good a play caller is Mike McCarthy going to be? Well, he hasn't really evolved. He hasn't really evolved in any of the years. And I just don't know what their running game situation is going to look like. Remember, Tony Pollard was hurt last season. There's not much behind him. And that's an offense that was very run heavy. I don't know how much they're going to be willing to put on the plate of a Dak Prescott. We'll have to we'll have to see. They do have some weapons around there in the passing game. But they just strike me to me, Jody, as a team that's going to get off to a fast start and then somehow just fade out. Now, I I don't know if it were – was with you, Jody, but I talked a little bit about Mike McCarthy earlier this week. I don't get the Mike McCarthy hate. I mean, yeah, you didn't, uh, you didn't understand the point I made with you and I, John, I wasn't questioning him as a head coach. I was questioning him as a play caller. No, no, and no. I know. Defending I'm not, him as a head I'm coach. Not, I'm, and I'm I just not, don't know how good a play caller he's going to be this year because when he called plays in green Bay, he had Aaron Rodgers. So when you got Aaron Rodgers, I think you make anybody look good. Well, as a play I'm caller. with you. I'm with you there. And I'm not talking about you specifically. I mean, there are a lot of people who just crap on Mike McCarthy. And I'm like, where? And I just mentioned the team, the Saints. I mean, Dennis Allen is the head coach of the Saints, and we're acting like they're an up and coming team. And, and by no means am I trying to say Mike McCarthy is in the conversation with the Belichicks and the Reeds, but the guy's been a good head coach, won a lot of games. And part of it is Aaron Rodgers, and I think you'll see Robert Sala look a lot better this year. But he's also won a lot of games with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. lost playoff games, and all criticism you can throw at him, plenty of, to do so. But there's a lot of bad coaches in this league, and I gotta, I'm I gotta run through twenty guys before I even get to Mike McCarthy. Um, I think the Cowboys are better than most people in Philadelphia realize. Uh, I get killed for it, but I, I think they're a good football team. I do. You mentioned, you mentioned McCarthy and Rodgers. I, I mean, I would even argue that 
he should have had more success with Aaron Rodgers. Well, I and that's that- the problem. I, you know, it's always, oh, you should have won four with Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, it's hard to win. Yeah, we had a, we had a guy on the stream say, "Oh, he's just another Peyton Manning." Like it's an insult. <laughs> I mean, where where are people's standards? One of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Yeah. That that's what I'm kind of talking about. The standards are so it's become Ricky Bobby, right? If you're not first, you're last. Well, that's not the case. It's really hard to win. Jason Kelsey was just talking about this. It's really, really, really hard to win. You could have a bad day. You could have the wrong injury on the right day. Um, stars got to align. If you, to me, the consistency is what defines good coaches. And for years, Andy Reid bought that. Well, Andy didn't win. Andy didn't win. Andy didn't win. Right up until he did win. Uh, when you're consistently good, and you keep getting those opportunities, that's the coach I want. And he's been consistently good in two different yeah. cities. I just looked it up. 20th all-time in the history of the National Football League number of wins, Mike McCarthy. That's yeah. pretty good if you're the top 20 of anything. Yeah, that's but, pretty good. I'm shocked, actually, by that number. Yeah, 20th all-time in most wins in the NFL. Playoffs, 21 games. 11 wins, 10 losses. That's Mike McCarthy. He's a 500 coach come playoff time, but he's much better than that. Jeff in Fisher in the playoffs. <laughs> Jeff Fisher was Mr. 8-8 eight and eight for years. That was his moniker. He was 7-9, and nine, Jeff. He, <laughs> he, yeah. it, it, he made the run run. But Andy was that way for a while, too. He was mm-hmm. 500 in the playoffs. Um, and remember, the playoffs, you're playing the best team. So you, should be, you shouldn't be as good in the playoffs. Unless you're Tom Brady. Well, somebody's got to win. Every time they play, John, somebody's got to win. Well, Tom it's, Brady skews a... it all because people act like, well, Tom won all those times. So people act like you should win all those. You know, what was Andy's playoff record in Philadelphia? Um, I used to I used to have this memorized. I, 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 I don't remember. Five and I'm doing it in my head. So he's one and one, two and eight, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten wins. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine losses. Ten and ten nine. And nine. Yeah, yeah, basically the same as uh, yeah. Mr. McCarthy there. I. Right, what's the first story you're looking to unearth? No, we got 28 days. We'll probably have you back even before camp opens, Andrew. But. What is the most compelling story day one of the Eagles training camp? Well, there's a number of them this year, Jody. I think you have to look at the right guard uh, battle there between uh, Tyler Steen and Cam Jurgens, And I also mm-hmm. think that third receiver spot's really interesting. How does Quez Watkins rebound from a down season? Does he improve on his shortcomings? Or does Alameda Zacchaeus sort of uh, usurp him in that role? So th- those are two that I'm looking at. And, of course, safety, who we, we already mentioned that earlier. I think that's going to be interesting as well. At Andrew DeCecco, make sure you follow Andrew on Twitter. Uh, read him at InsideTheBirds.com. Does a tremendous job uh, for Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan over there. Our buddies with the Inside the Birds podcast. Listen to those guys when you get an opportunity. Um, since we're talking a bunch about running backs, Miles was on, I believe, the Rich Eisen show talking about uh, – uh, running backs getting screwed over, um, and he's right. 
Um, by the way, Miles Sanders set the market for the running backs on the free agent market. I'm not talking about the franchise guys because Jacobs and Barkley and Pollard got the franchise tag. But for the guys who hit the market, Miles got more than anybody else. Six I, I was surprised million. by that. Yeah. Um, are, are we dismissing 1,269 yards, Andrew? That's pretty good. Uh, a lot of that had to do with the offensive line. A lot of that had to do with the quarterback manipulating sort of spacing, but that's still pretty good. Um, are we that confident in DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny and Kenny Gainwell, that committee replacing that production? Uh, well, that's a great question, John. I'm glad you asked that because I'm personally not in the Rashad Penny camp. I mean, history would show you that him staying healthy for a full slate of games is, is it's just you know, nearly impossible. And then you look at DeAndre Swift. Is he going to be able to shoulder the lion's share of the carries? I don't know that he can. Kenny Gainwell, to me, I think is going to be an X factor this year. I think he's going to have a larger role than many anticipate going in, given the injury history of the top two running backs. Um, it's going to have to be a committee approach to be able to do what Miles did uh, last season. I don't think we can understate his impact, but I think running behind the league's best offensive line will make any player look good. Um, so I think they do have the pieces there to be able to to be able to make some noise. And Boston Scott's always there. And Boston Scott's always around to, to, to you know. Sometimes you see him on the first series of the of a game with no rhyme or reason. So I mean, he's he'll be a factor too. Andrew, enjoy your downtime before you got to go hang out in the sun with John McMullen, which I know is one of your favorite things in the world to do. It is. <laughs> uh, once camp opens, uh, enjoy a couple of weeks before you got to really get back to work with an NFL season. We appreciate whenever you jump in with us, brother. Thanks. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Have a happy and safe holiday weekend. You that too. Is, Thanks, that's Andrew. Right. Coming up on the 4th of July. Andrew Jacheco here with us on Bird Street 65. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, coming back. Got to put a bow on the show. We got to figure out how we're going to do it ourselves Monday and Tuesday since a little downtime here on Bird's 365. Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods.
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Mag and Mac guys here with you on Birds 365. We're going to put a bow on the show on the week. And yeah, you'll get us a shortened week next week. Thanks to thanks to Joe Krause, uh, head of all Jacob Media, who has uh, decided we're not only going to be off on the 4th of July, because Joe's a very patriotic guy, He's giving us off Monday, too. So we'll catch you back here again Wednesday. Johnny Mac, let me ask you one last question before we exit stage left for a couple of days. What person around the National Football League and have ties to the National Football League had the best week uh, of anyone tied to the league this past week? Uh I forget his name again. Uh, Howell. Lloyd Howell. <laughs> Lloyd, don't Howell. call me Sam or Thurston the yeah. Third. Howell is uh, that who Sam, you Sam Howell's uh, brother, Lloyd Howell. I'm uh, pretty sure it's no relation. And Lloyd could be number two, but I think there was a guy who had a better week than him. Um, I can't think of who it might be. How Maybe. about Travis Kelsey, who got to go down to Jersey Shore? hang with his brother, probably drink for free, then get on a plane and go out and play in the, the, the shootout, the golf thing with his teammate Mahomes. They won this year the celebrity golf What was that? What, what do they call it? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, and now he's got to go down. The match. To, now he's got to go to Nashville, I think, for tight end university. Now, Travis is too busy. He's probably exhausted. <laughs> now I'm I'm still going Lloyd Howell. He's he's yeah. got to be exhausted. Uh, Travis Lloyd, Lloyd just sitting around a conference room somewhere getting the votes yeah. to become the yeah he exerted less energy than Travis did. But come on, yeah. how hard is is it to throw back? Got, you know, at the and there's no store. there's no airport in Sea there's no airport in Seattle, so you got Atlantic City's a hop, skip, and a jump. You can get out of there and get. I don't even know where the match. You got to swim with. upstream with all those people, and if he's going, if he's going out of Philly, yeah, come on, it's yeah. got to be Lloyd Howell. I'm guessing he didn't break much of a sweat at either of the two events, but uh, did pretty damn well for himself. All right, uh, Johnny Mac, we're not back till Wednesday. You have yourself a hell of a 4th of July, okay? Uh, you too, Jody. Enjoy it. You probably have more shifts, I would assume. Yeah, I got a bunch of radio shifts I yeah. got to do, but that's okay. Uh, I don't mind working for a living. Uh, we want to, to all our streamers out there, by the way, you can hit the like button on the way out the door. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we appreciate you coming here every single day to catch us when you do. Thank you for that. We want to wish everybody a very 
happy, healthy, and safe holiday weekend. Be back here with Mac and Mac for Birds 365 on Wednesday. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.